It's Wednesday, May 9th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and joining me in studio, we have Motley Fool analysts Andy Cross and Matt Argersinger. Guys, welcome. Hey, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. How you feeling? Good. Pretty good. Good. Okay, well, we're going to talk some TripAdvisor, some electronic arts, and some Walmart slash Flipkart. The deal finally getting done. We've been talking about these rumors for a while. Yeah, it's like it's Walmart plus Flipkart. Walmart, right? yes, yeah, Walmart plus. Yeah, no slashing. No slash. Sorry, Walmart plus, plus Flipkart. Yeah. <laughs> but guys, let's begin with Disney, which reported better than expected earnings after the market closed on Tuesday. Now, Matt, I look at these numbers. Studio revenue up 21% thanks to Black Panther. And Disney's biggest division, its media networks, beat expectations. Its second biggest divisions, which is its parks and resorts, beat expectations. And so, I quote the stock this morning because I'm excited because I'm a Disney shareholder. And the stock is down. What gives? Uh, Mac, everyone loves Disney except for investors, apparently. Uh, I'm also a shareholder. I think what's what what is happening right now is that investors are just so focused on the ESPN, the cable issues, cord cutting, and this 21st Century Fox deal, which kind of got a Stratego bid from Comcast kind of uh, over the last few days, which is kind of throwing a wrench in the things there. So it's it's just easy right now for investors, I think, to ignore all the really good things that are happening. As you mentioned, I think the network's business, which is which is bared the brunt of the challenges, is actually outperforming, and actually revenue was up three percent year over year, even though profits were down a bit. Uh, but the studio business up twenty one percent. We know Black Panther was a was a massive hit, and. The one thing people have said about the studio business for Disney or any many other companies is that well, it's a hit-driven business, right? You'll have a blockbuster one quarter, and you might have a total bomb the next quarter. But I think Disney is kind of in its own league. I think Disney has the ability to put out a great blockbuster movie, a billion-dollar movie every quarter. If you think about it, so Black, just use this year as an example. We had Black Panther last quarter. We've got Avengers: Infinity War, which has already crossed a billion dollars. Is going to make you know worldwide is going to make multi-billion dollars at the box office. And then this summer, later this summer, you've got I think Incredibles two and the the solo mm-hmm. movie for Star Wars. I mean, there's just so much from that library, uh, and I just think investors right now are so focused on the challenges with the cable business and the the Fox acquisition, they're ignoring the other parts of the business like the studio and the and the parks. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point, uh, Matt. They the 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 studio business is becoming more consistent. The media networks has always been that consistent cash business, and when you're basically flatline on sales and down on your income because you're investing in things like their BAM Tech business, continuing to invest into um, basically helping to support that business, but the eyeballs and the impressions are just continuing to melt away. Investors look at that and say, if you if you can't fix that and that cash part of the business, that's going to be long-term trouble for Disney on that side, even though the studio business and the parks and recreation business, which are go hand-in-hand, are so strong right now. So, Andy, you say that, but even when I look at when I look at the Avengers numbers right now, which are just astronomical. Yeah. And and it's already it's about to pass Black Panther already. It hasn't even opened in China. Yeah. And we're just talking about the movie. We're not talking about licensing yet. We're not talking about all the implications for theme parks. So so the Avengers and the studio business, that's not enough as an investor. Well, it might it might be, but here's a business that spends 4 billion dollars in capital expenditures and they spend twice as much of that in stock buy stock buybacks every year. The stock sells at 15 times earnings. So this is really much more of kind of like consistent value kind of orientation uh, stock 
rather than the kind of the long-term, the big growth um, story that we've seen some, like you know, the Amazons and the Baidu's and those wonderful businesses that we that we follow. Um, so I think investors are just trying to figure out, hey, you want all three of these businesses to be very consistent. The studio business is really having these really nice, huge wins, but the media business, which is which is the largest business, has to figure out a way to stem that uh, those losses on there. Yeah, I'm glad Andy mentioned the the, the buybacks because uh, in the last 12 months alone, Disney has bought back nine billion dollars in stock, and over the last, you go back five years. They've they've actually bought back 15% of the total outstanding shares, uh, and over that period, I know the stock hasn't done much lately, but over that five-year period, the stock is up 50%. So that's been a great a great investment for shareholders. But I have to say, like I think, I actually think this new Comcast bid for 21st Century Fox, if that eventually gets approved and they kind of uh, outbid Disney, I think that actually might work out for Disney. I think this deal is kind of going after some legacy assets, some legacy entertainment properties. I think what Disney should do is really scrap the deal, go get Hulu. Like I think Hulu long term is the prize in this acquisition. They already have a minority stake. The Fox deal would give them a majority stake. But I feel like that's the potential over the top direct consumer platform that Disney has yeah. been lacking. And I don't know why they're not seeing that. At least uh, it doesn't seem like Bob Iger sees that. He sees you know well we have the ESPN app. We've got the the next year we're gonna have the Disney app. But I feel like Hulu could be that place. It's already very popular uh, as a competitor uh, you know to Netflix and Amazon. And why not make that your destination for all? Future Disney content, um, and so I would do that, and I would buy back a heck of a lot more stock, and I think investors should do fine. I think that's a time. great that's a great point, Matt. Too with Hulu, they're continuing to invest in that business, and it is requiring lots of investment. So they have, you know, it's funny. It's like kind of what kind of Disney is going to be the future of Disney for shareholders and and for for all the the wonderful properties and for all the consumers who love Disney because they're kind of stuck in this. We have these areas that are really exciting, and then we have these areas that are kind of struggling. We have this potential to invest in things like 20th Century Fox or things like Hulu and Bamtech. Which kind of company are we trying to right. to be, and what's going to be the one that's going to drive long-term value? And Matt, I think that that investment idea into things like Hulu uh, and Bamtech, which is really interesting, but it is definitely going to take lots of investments um, in over-the-top uh, um, properties. And I think investors are like, what kind of company is Disney going to be over the next five years? So let's talk about that. We mentioned Hulu, and we know that Disney is making a big push into streaming. They're going to be unveiling their own streaming service. This is a question we've kicked around from time to time. But if Disney's streaming service is a smash success, just better than anyone could have imagined, do you think that comes at the expense of Netflix, or is there room for both? I think there's absolutely room for both. I, I you know, I. I've said it before, I think, on the show, I feel like there's a future where you've got your your Amazon Prime, your Netflix, and then you've got YouTube's probably a big platform as well. But I think I think Disney probably is sort of in that top band. But again, I think I think the easier road get Hulu is to go through Hulu and instead of because I, as a consumer and I and you know maybe I'm not typical, but I I don't like all these apps. You know, I kind of like things all in one place. And I think more apps tend to, you know, now there's a CBS app, but there's other apps that I can subscribe to as well. I just I feel like it's got to be simplified and it's got to be a platform that has a lot of things on it. And right now Hulu is becoming that. There are a few brands that can pull that off the way that Disney can. I think Matt's right. I think the Disney streaming um, property can, can can fit completely with Netflix. Not everyone can claim that Disney can. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, shares of TripAdvisor having a huge day, up more than 20% at the time of our taping on earnings. Now, Andy, 
the number that jumped out at me here, non-hotel revenue, not hotel revenue, non-hotel revenue, (laughs) growing 36%. That includes TripAdvisor's experiences and restaurants categories. Look, um, as our friend Dan Kaplinger says on Fool.com today, TripAdvisor's first quarter results exceeded all expectations. Well, fellas, the expectations were not were not very high. I mean, sales were up two percent, mm. a low bar, a very low bar versus a, a, a negative number that analysts were expecting, and net income was much higher than what on the earnings per share side than what analysts were expecting. So I think TripAdvisor has really struggled over the last couple years, ever since they tried the instant booking move to um, drive revenues directly from the booking operations versus using advertising for some of their big clients like Booking.com, formerly Priceline, and Expedia. That was a disaster. So they pivoted, and now they're back. And the the big excitement that they continue to talk about, Steve Coffer, the the CEO and uh, co-founder, continues to talk about is this non-hotel business, Mac, which is like booking things like tours and restaurants. Swimming with dolphins. Swimming with dolphins. Do you swim with dolphins, Mac? <laughs> not I, not that, typically. Not on a that, regular that, basis. Yes, please no. put that uh, on the um, <laughs> on air at some point. So I think that is that is where the it's not profitable. Um, it, it was it was it was. Um, not as loss-making this quarter as it was last quarter, and that was really the big difference on the margin. So I think investors are seeing that. But then also, you know, they guided for um, a 2000 and the rest of the year that is maybe about flat on the on the hotel side. Um, so uh, I'm still not a huge believer. It's it's frustrating because TripAdvisor, you know, they have more than 400 million active users every month going there to look and get reviews, uh, and they posted I think more than 600 million reviews in total. Uh, and so there's a lot of assets there, and um, we we parted ways with the with the stock and stock advisor after a few years of, of underperformance, just because of the competitive pressure they're facing from the likes of Expedia and Booking.com. But this non-hotel business seems to be the direction they're really pushing. Yeah, it, it it's always struck me. I love 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 the service, and I was a stockholder. But when I finally decided to sell the stock, it's realized that I realized you know what I'm not going to be booking. My travel on yeah. TripAdvisor. I'm going to use it for the reviews, and then I'm either going to Expedia or I'm going to the hotel site directly or going to the airlines. And yeah. because that direct booking, I couldn't quite see that working out. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm going to get out of the stock. Yeah, and we've seen this when stocks get just underperform like this, and they lose a lot of excitement from investors when they have a quarter that says, "Hey, things aren't nearly as bad as they were." And yeah. there's a little bit, like I said, on the margin, the profitability is a little bit better, and their guidance is is um, not as bad. The stock reacts like this, and we see today the stock's up more than 20%. Well, another stock having a good day. Electronic Art shares up on Wednesday on stronger than expected earnings. EA also announcing a $2.4 billion stock buyback. EA is known for video games like FIFA and Battlefield. Matt, there's a little game called Fortnite right now, which is the <laughs> hottest game in the world. That is not an EA game, and yet EA says Fortnite was good for business. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see about that. I think that, that's a good. I think that's a safe thing to say right now for Electronic Arts. But you know, there there is certainly a lot of eyeballs and gamers going to Fortnite right now, and that's it's a ten cent property. It's well, it's owned by a few other publishers, but uh, you know, we'll have to see if that def- if that affects EA sales in the medium term uh, down the road. But certainly, 
it, you know, it was a great quarter for Electronic Arts. It's been a great bunch of years for Electronic Arts and video game stocks industry in general. Uh, they top revenue and profit estimates. What I always look at is the digital net bookings. Uh, they were up uh, 17% year over year. Uh, it's about $3.5 billion. And now, digital revenue, digital sales are about 70%. Of Electronic Arts' total revenue, which uh, you know that's a far cry from where they were just five years ago, and that's 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 been huge for EA's margins. I mean, if you look at uh, you know over the last ten years, Electronic Arts' margins and the margins for the whole video game industry have just trended higher because digital sales are so much more profitable than physical game sales. Um, and then, of course, uh, we know esports is becoming a big trend. Well, I thought this was interesting. Uh, last quarter, 18 million players. Uh, engaged in competitive gaming across FIFA 18 and Madden NFL 18. Um, that's that's a huge number, up 75% year over year. So the excitement around competitive gaming uh, just plays right into Electronic Arts. They've they've been known for having their sports brands over the years, and and that's really paying off. Are they right saying now. that the Fortnite connection is just because it's bringing more players online yes. into into the world? Yes, yeah. they're saying it's kind of growing the appetite, especially yeah. with younger people. They're playing more games, and you know I heard that back in the day when yeah. Starbucks really caught on. And there are there are independent coffee shops saying actually Starbucks is good for our business because they're creating this whole new coffee drinking culture. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I don't know what else you're supposed to say, <laughs> you know, like hey, we're dying out here. Well, I so. think yeah, I think that's true. I mean, and I think even in the e gaming space, Matt, like the the um, the Maddens and the FIFA aren't even really the big driver. It is like the Fortnite and that's the, right. All the other ones that the multiplayer, multiplayer uh, arena based. Yeah. You know, combat games are the ones that are really attracting a lot of attention. But I, you know, to to what extent that kind of feeds off into sports-related yeah. gaming, I don't know. They they seem like different players to me. Yeah. But and Fortnite is is brilliant in that they're free to fee. And I've learned this from my two sons. My <laughs> one son's like, it's not even a good game. And I'm like, well, it was free though. Yeah. And that was smart. Yeah. Give it away, right? And then find ways. To your point, Matt, find ways to charge people. Those in-app purchases yeah. are just. That's that's filthy. Yeah. Those almost should be against the yeah, law. And it, I, I know I'm sounding like an old man at this point, but you are. Uh, well, and it's something that it's funny that EA, Activision, a lot of these companies, it really they they kind of brushed that off. That that you know free to play, free to free yeah. freemium model, let's call it, was kind of a, a mobile gaming kind of concept for a long for many years, and they, they ignored. It. They said, ah, we're never going to make money doing that. We'll just we're happy selling our you know fifty sixty dollar game, game, you know, and and trying to sell a lot of those copies every every quarter every year, but. That the model has definitely changed. They're embracing that model. It's a really interesting market, Mac. I was listening today um, to a Goldman Sachs podcast, and th- they said that only twenty percent of of active real gamers have gone to an e arena, a, a sports arena, to actually watch this. But there are actually companies that are building specific stadiums for e sports. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. So it's just a real. It's a you know, and there. I mean, there's. I mean, just millions and millions of people across the world. Really heavily over into into the Asian market as well as here in the U.S. that are just really embracing this gaming. And it's a fantastic growth opportunity for investors in there. Yeah, and we talked earlier about Disney and the licensing with Marvel. Right. And uh, and I just learned that Fortnite now has a deal where Thanos, who's the villain yes. in Avengers, is going to be integrated into Fortnite. Yes, I saw that when so I. So you're like, yeah. that is brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just when you thought, okay, it's about to go away, yeah. it gets a new life. <laughs> okay, guys, let's close out with a story we've been talking about. Um, for a while. It was more in the rumor reportedly stage, and now it is official. Walmart has agreed to buy a majority stake in India's Flipkart um, for $16 billion. Flipkart is India's biggest online retailer. 
Andy, what do you make of the deal? Well, as we talked about, the the rumors were out there this week, and it became official today. They're buying 77% at Flipkart for $16 billion, which values Flipkart at about $21 billion. Um, Walmart's down. The stock is actually down today because um, it's it will hit their earnings per share, shave 25 or 30 cents off per earnings earnings per share for Walmart this year and for next year. But clearly, Mac, as we talked about earlier, uh, this is a growth story for Walmart. Um, India is a huge market. The e-commerce market there is growing 30% plus. Flipkart's the biggest player, followed very closely by Amazon. I've heard hot on their heels. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, Flipkart sales were a little shy of five billion, up 50% over the past year. That compares to a little more than almost 12 billion for Walmart e-commerce sales. Um, Flipkart is going to be the Back of Walmart's e-commerce business, their Jet.com acquisition for a little more than three billion um, two years ago, two or three years ago, was a success, I think. And clearly, the CEO is driving into this area, recognizing the opportunity in India, but also where uh, e-commerce is going to go. I mean, obviously, it's gigantic, um, but but uh, that's the future for Walmart and um, uh, willing to, to fork over the capital. It's a lot of money. They have $6 billion of cash on the balance sheet, Matt. Um, they're spending $16 billion on this. Um, the co-founders and a few other partners will continue to own the remaining stake of Flipkart uh, to have some skin in that game, too. Um, but clearly, it's a big investment for Walmart. I, as a as a Amazon shareholder and uh, and Homer, as a lot of our listeners know, I I actually think this is a win for Amazon. I mean, it doesn't. The headlines aren't saying that right now. They're saying you know, well, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, they missed out on this opportunity. But I, I have to you know, knowing having followed Amazon so closely, I I really wonder how much they were into this totally. actual acquisition. I really, <laughs> I really feel like this was a this was an idea. This was forcing Walmart to pay a big premium. And I think and I think Amazon knew that. Walmart having like them being shut out of China or at least kind of having given up their business in China Walmart was desperate to make a big deal yeah. and India is the the sort of the open the big emerging market prize and uh, so I feel like they forced Walmart to pay a big premium. Uh, Amazon, from a standing start less than five years ago, has already grabbed about 30% market share. Uh, now that's behind Flipkart, but they are leading in certain categories, depending on the research report you, you believe. But apparently, Amazon's leading in categories like grocery and household items, which I think are stickier. They're they're more recurring uh, in a lot of households. And I feel like I just hearken back to what Bezos wrote, in, some of the things he wrote in the shareholder letter, which is. Uh, you know, Amazon IN, which is their Indian site, is the fastest-growing marketplace in India, the most visited site on both desktop and mobile. I think that was kind of a shot across the bow of nice. Flipkart. Uh, mobile shipping, the, Amazon's mobile shipping app in the country was the most downloaded shopping app in India in 2017, and Prime. Prime added more members in India in its first year than any previous geography in Amazon's history. So he's just throwing out those things, which makes me think that you know they they gun for this country. They're they're making big progress. They forced a big competitor of theirs to pay a big premium for the second what, what I think ultimately could be the second largest e-commerce. There's company definitely in India. a lot of game theory in this by Jeff Bezos. I think they, I think you're right, Matt. I think they played this very well. Um, I, I I mean I think they it might have been nice, but they have an e-commerce platform. It's Amazon. <laughs> and Amazon India, which is pretty good. You know, uh, Flipkart, I think, needed a, a, a partner like Walmart to help build out, continue to build out their distribution network and tie in on the um, on the e-commerce side. So, um, 
I th- I think for them it was like they needed Walmart needs a, a splash like this. Jet.com was nice. It's not going to propel Walmart into where they need to be, especially when you're competing globally against the likes of uh, Amazon.com. Um, so, compared to where you were yesterday on Walmart stock, does this deal make the stock more attractive, less attractive, or kind of doesn't really matter? Well, I think it may, to me personally, I mean, I'm not, I'm not buying Walmart and I'm not necessarily advocating for it. I think. Um, it, I think it's a it's a good deal for them because they needed to have a bigger presence. They need to have a bigger presence online. The the even Walmart and their um, offline retail uh, presence, as large as it is going to be, as large as it is, um, th- that area just can continue to get pressured over the next ten years. And I'd say, well, you know, as we tape, uh, you know, Walmart's down a few percent, Amazon's up a little bit. I think that. Uh I think the market's made its assessment of the deal. Okay, guys. Well, I want to close with my favorite, completely arbitrary, ridiculous desert island question. Um, we've talked about a few stocks, so I want to say over the next five years, if you're on a desert island and you can only hold one of these stocks, what are you going with? We've got Disney, we've got TripAdvisor, we've got Electronic Arts, or Walmart, which includes Flipkart. What happened to Amazon? That was I had that's my, too easy. I had, I had my answer. Easy. I had that's my answer all set. I know that's no, what I'm that saying. I knew, I knew he was going to keep that out. That's like <laughs> that's like me mentioning Costco, which I have uh, okay, not go done again. on the show. Disney, give me, give me okay. sorry, okay. I had so, well, Amazon. I'm focus now, focus. Sorry, okay, Disney, TripAdvisor, Electronic Arts, Walmart. Over the next five years, what are you going with? Electronic Arts. Ooh, that's that's good. Interesting. I'm waffling. I, I I was gonna either say Electronic Arts or Disney, but I'll go with Disney since Andy okay. with Electronic Arts. Okay. So. The mouse. Don't count the mouse yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. Andy, Matt, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Mac. As always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.